2: One of now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, Deadite Knight and the face of Switch, Testonomics.
1: What's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah. I'm not. We're recording this remotely for the first time ever, and I'm not gonna lie. I had some uh, a lot of audio cutting out when we rolled the intro, so I didn't even know if I was still here.
2: You're here. You're here. Welcome, and uh, I'm
0: definitely here to discuss all things Microsoft and Sony.
2: That's right. You a Microsoft boy now, soon to be hopefully. All right. Well, (laughs) welcome to episode two forty four of the Gamesila Podcast. We are doing this remotely. It is late. There was a snowstorm. If you can't tell, I am sick. And yes, there is no Jazzy Fiddle. And uh, more details will come from that uh, later. But right now, we want to talk about some news, and we want to put on a nice, sweet, short show so that you have something for this week. But before we do that, I have to... Oh, I'm the button guy now. I have to get ready for some team talk. night like. we're gonna start with you gaming moment oh, of the week.
1: don't don't mind if you do start with me so i didn't do a lot of gaming personally over the last week but uh personally a highlight for me was we were able to help out sphinx he uh he's a an educator of sorts and uh, a bunch of his students want to put on a video game tournament and all three of us were able to go and volunteer at a local high school and uh actually be chaperones it's super weird that uh, someone that knows us as well as Sphinx knows us decided to let us uh, be adult role models in front of children for a few hours. And, uh, you know, we embarrassed him immensely and, uh, you know, probably won't be invited back again. But it, it was cool just to just to see uh, a group of gamers come together. It was a Smash Brothers and Mario card uh, event. There was also uh, casual gaming, Just Dance and things like that going on. It was just cool to just see these kids amped up to compete and play games against one another. And we actually got to see some really good gameplay. All these kids would have beaten me pretty badly. And as someone who, on a weekly basis, is abused by Testonomics in Smash Brothers, it was really good to see a high school student just eviscerate him. So that made me (laughs) feel better to watch Test get what's coming to him. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things. It was just just good to be around uh, the gaming community and just see some kids put on an event. And it was cool that we were able to help. So you know, thanks to Sphinx for asking us. And I'd I'd go back and watch these kids game again. Let me clarify the person
0: that beat me. So first and foremost, we were just sitting in like, this is not even the semifinals. This is top 16 or whatever it may be. And I happened to tell the kid, hey man, I'm a Nest main too, great job. And he's like, hey, do you wanna do a quick uh, a quick mirror matchup? And I'm like, not really, because I'm probably not gonna be able to beat the youths. And he's like, come on, man, come on, man, come on, man. I'm like, okay. So I, I whip out the pro controller, hook it up real quick. We go Ness versus Ness in Battlefield, and he makes quick work and three stocks me. But he did go on to win the entire tournament where he embarrassed the person he was in the, the the finals with. So of course I'm going to play the best kid in high school. I'm going to, to lose. I'm going to I'm going to get my ass kicked.
2: Yeah, it was it all, was
1: all in all it was a fun event.
2: It was very amusing to watch the or well, I didn't watch that part, but I watched the final. I was like, "Wow, this guy's good." So then when I heard the Test fought him, I was like, "Well, how did it go?" He's like, "Oh, I got 3-0." And I was like, "Oh, wow. Okay." Cuz I look at Test as the best smash player in our community. So like to hear that he got 3-0 to me, I was like, "Oh, and then, and then I'm listening to Tess watch the final. And he's like, wait, what are you doing there? I don't think I've ever seen that move with my main. You know, like he's watching this kid use Ness in a way that uh, Tess really hasn't ever thought of using them. So it's just it's cool. You really see the layers of a video game when, when uh, in this new generation of gamers that are taking some of these games to a whole nother level.
1: I felt old as hell when I was asking these kids. I was like, so, uh, you know, how long have you been playing Smash? What game did you get into? They're all like, brawl. And I was like, man, I was in college when brawl came out. I, I was a grown man. I, I was older than you were now. I felt know?
2: real old at that event. But it was a good event. They had over 200 kids show up, which was more than they were expecting. Everything went pretty smooth. A lot, you know, Everybody had fun. And it was all for a good cause. And they, ra- they raised a bunch of money. So, you know, yeah, uh, g- good good gaming moment of the week that night. Testonomics gaming moment of the week
0: so for anybody that's followed my pop culture journey since around black friday they would know that since let's say beginning of december i've become a dragon ball guy mm. i got super into the series the, the animated series i've watched at this point over 300 episodes as i work my way through the backlog i've seen movies i've played games i haven't played before and it all came to a climax here this past weekend when there was the um, Dragon Ball Fighters World Tournament Finals. Now, for me, what that means for me is they were going to release uh, new stuff for the game. So I'm like, I want to watch this because I want to watch. Like, I want to get the new, you know, be there live when they announce new players. Or new matchmaking or new balances. So I'm watching on Saturday. And after about, like, I don't know, seven hours of watching on Saturday, I'm like, wow. Watching esports, the fighting scene is so much cooler and more fun than watching Overwatch League or watching League of Legends. Like it's so fast paced. It's it's more fun than League of Legends. It's so much. It's faster paced. It's it's one mistake. Literally three frames of a mistake will cost you a series. Like it's wild. And um, so I ended up watching it all day Saturday, multitasking with wrestling at night. Then I watched it all day Sunday, multitasking with wrestling at night. And what I thought was I was waiting for this three-minute reveal of of new characters became over 10 hours of me watching my first fighting game tournament at this caliber and really, really enjoying it. And, you know, the guy who ended up winning, uh, I mean, the finals bracket had a, had uh, six guys from Japan and two from the United States. Um, the finals came down to Japan versus Japan, and and a guy, uh, the fighter by the name of Kazunoko, who won four out of the seven qualifiers to get there, uh, end up taking home the gold medal, uh, very well deserved. And I can't say that like when Mortal Kombat kicks back up, I'm not a huge Mortal Kombat fan, but I can see myself getting invested into the fighting scene. Because of just the sheer level of competition that uh, the FGC, because I'm an FGC guy now, the FGC offers.
2: So, are we sending Testonomics to Evo next year or this year?
0: I mean, I've I've been pushing it on my stream that I'm like trying to play through the storyline of DB Fighters so I can like learn more about the game and get good so I can go to Evo nice. and just body Sonic Fox.
1: <laughs> you 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 go to Evo at that point you can do DB Fighters, you can do Smash you you just enter in and and you take you take the games little podcast to new heights that's me <laughs> all
2: right my gaming moment of the week is uh it's it's a little interesting okay cuz i think i got i got a lot of heat in the discord uh this past week because of it but i'm going back you know i'm getting back from pack south where i saw some uh ace combat 7 and i and i really for some Three. reason For some reason, I had been, like, interested in this game, even though I have not played a lot of just flight simulator games in the past. And then I get to work my first day back, and Invalid is there, and he's like, man, I stayed up till 4 in the morning playing Ace Combat 7. The VR is insane. And I was like, yeah, man, it looks really cool. You know, I saw it at PAX. And so I had been looking at VR headsets, uh, PlayStation VR headsets, before packs and I was holding off to buy one in case I found something cool at packs that I wasn't going to buy VR. I didn't really buy a whole lot at PAX and so I came back and like well you know let's see if there's any sales. There's none and then this my first ever Facebook marketplace purchase comes along and this deal just gets thrown in front of me that I cannot say no to so I went out and bought a I bought Ace Combat 7 and a flight stick I'll say on Monday Okay, And then on Tuesday, I drove to Brighton and bought a PlayStation VR one day after playing non-VR Ace Combat and going, oh man, I really want to see what this is like in VR. So, I am the proud owner of a Gen 2 PSVR, which I will say, the updates that have been done to the headset are very nice. And um, I have given the PlayStation VR a ton of hate. I've given the VR scene a lot of hate and I will I will stand my ground and say VR is still very niche, and there's not a ton of content that is full-fledged video game content for VR exclusively, but I will tell you that the experience of Ace Combat 7 in VR made me almost... I liked it more than I liked the regular game in non-VR. And the problem is, is that you only get three missions in the VR mode, so... I'm hoping they add more because I went back to the regular story mode. I'm like, I, God, I kind of want to just go back and play VR more. And I even streamed it to uh, my, gaming, my Facebook gaming page where I was had the VR headset on looking like an idiot just swinging my head around as I'm looking out the cockpit of this, of this jet trying to track my enemies. But it was really cool because it really gave you that sense of being in the airplane. And that's the thing where I've always talked about VR having that advantage is that if you have a video game like Rigs, which was like a mech sport game, or Ace Combat where you're inside of an airplane, or Drive Club inside of a car, the VR aspect can really give you a whole other layer of realism in the video game. And there's so many games that are like VR... But it's like a platformer and you're just kind of staring at it. And yes, you can move your head around and look at different parts of the map. And that's, I guess, cool. But it, it's not the same as when you're flying in an F-18 and you just look back at your wing and you're like, yeah, I still have missiles. You know, like, it's cool that you can do that where if a jet flies by you and you want to track it with your head, you know, and then start to, start to actually turn, you can do that. And so I had a really good time with it. Um, the VR... Hasn't been used since then, um, because other things came out over the weekend that that took my attention, and we'll talk about that later, but I will say, for the price point, I'm very happy that I'm back in the VR world Uh, for PlayStation. I will be trying things like Borderlands um i want to try beat saber i want to try tetris effects so there are uh moss is another one i want to try so there are vr games out there that i want to give it a try so i can come back i think and give you guys an update on where i think vr is is it it still as bad as i thought has it gotten better or is it about the same so i'll in a couple weeks here i should have a better uh, a better view on things
0: have you seen the video of the guy who plays Darth Maul playing beat saber?
2: Oh um
0: Ray, Ray, Park? Ray Park. Ray Park.
2: Yeah. I have not. No.
0: Google it. It's it's pretty cool cuz you know he's you know he's got all those tricks he does all those you know the 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 you know I guess the like bow staff manipulation right when he's Maul um super super cool to watch. Just while you're getting the itch for Beat Saber, that'll make it worse.
2: Cool. All right. Yeah. No, I, um, I've watched some videos of just people playing it, and it looks like a blast. So I will check yeah, that out. Yeah, he
0: kills it, too. He good. does incredible, as you'd expect.
2: Good, good. All right. Well, that's what uh, we were playing. We want to know what you're playing by joining. Oh, sorry. I'm. I'm. My bad. Did I had something to say?
1: No, you, you finish up your thought, and then I have a thought to share okay. after your next thought. I got
2: it. I got it. Um, So yeah, we want to know what you're gaming, and you can do that by joining the Discord. So just go to GameZillaMedia.com and right on the homepage, click that Discord button, join the Discord, talk with gamers from around the world every day for free.
1: So something that we forgot to mention at the top of the show that we normally do is this podcast is brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Patreon Patreon.com slash GameZillaMedia is a place to go to become a patron and contribute to the success and growth of Media with four unique levels of access starting at $1.00. Per month, you can become a patron today and receive special things like early access to this podcast and other Games of the Media podcasts, as well as the exclusive Dungeon of Doom wrestling podcast that Test and I record. We did a couple uh, in January because. You know, we have just, what, another day or two left. All of our Patreon content that was posted in January is free and available to the public. So you can even hop back and see that that stuff and listen to those shows. They're going to remain free because we post them during the month of January. So it's a nice way to sample and see what you can receive by becoming a patron. But that is available to you through your financial contribution, patreon.com slash games of the media. And thank you so much to all of our patrons.
2: I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this
1: monster story of yours? Download the video.
2: All right, let's get into the news. Topic number one, close to my heart. It's got the Nintendo tag on it, so you know Testonomics has something to say about it. And that is simply Metroid Prime 4 rebooted the original company working on it gone Tess, why don't you tell us more
0: so you kind of blew my initial my initial load here we've got the bad news the good news the better news and some question mark emoji news the good or the bad news number one as grimlock said nintendo came out in a refreshingly open and honest format yep. um, senior managing executive officer at Nintendo Shinya Takahashi came out and said listen Metroid Prime 4 not where we'd want it to be not what we'd want the game that follows on the heels of Metroid one two and or Metroid Prime one two and three to be it's not there we are scrapping it we are starting over but we are not starting over alone. This is where a little bit of the good news comes in. Who are they bringing on to reboot their Metroid Prime 4? None other than Retro Studios. Now, Retro Studios, if you're not aware, was involved in Metroid Prime 1, Metroid Prime 2, Metroid Prime 3, uh, Donkey Kong Tropic... Deadite Tropic...
1: Freeze. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze and Donkey freeze. Kong Country Returns. Funny.
0: that's the word I couldn't think of. I froze on you it. You had a brain Z. freeze. Um, and then Donkey Kong Country Returns, they were in on it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so they're they're not strangers to the top tier Metroid, Nintendo first party world. So that's that's good news. Um, even on top of that, because there was some conversation, and I was probably one of the bigger naysayers in the Discord. Guys, what do you mean retro is involved? How does that even matter when retro is could be very well just a shell of their former selves? Because it's been years since we got a Prime game. Well, uh, according to a, a user on Reddit, we have, and I'm not reading off names, but here are some Prime series veterans that are still at Retro how about the president game director creative director audio director lead programmer art, and art art and animation director artists effect artists animators environment designers all of these people have been in retro since the creation of Prime Prime 2 or Prime 3 so we have a senior staff i'm sure there's a lot of young young blood young guns young bucks if you would, that are in the studio, that are gonna, you know, shoot that that current gen adrenaline right into the right into the vein of Metroid. But we have a great staff, a great core staff to take us in to the next Metroid game. So that's the better news. What about the question mark emoji news? It came out. Game Informer senior editor Imran Khan came out and let the world know that the Metroid Prime Trilogy for Nintendo Switch is done, and it's been done. Like, it's been long done, was the exact quote. Why we don't have an announcement of this yet, super unclear. You know, did they want to time it closer to the launch of Prime 4, so that you could, you know, get a little bit of that taste in your mouth for Metroid Prime before they dropped the mother loan on us? Maybe. But what feels like a better Constellation Prize, Constellation Prize, not one about stars. How about a Constellation Prize? What's a better Constellation Prize to not getting Metroid Prime 4 this year? than oh, we're sorry, but here's the trilogy for Nintendo Switch to tide you over. So I've talked enough. I'm not even the biggest Metroid fan of the room. I'm not the second. Well, I'm the biggest Metroid in, uh, fan in the room because I'm solo in the Nintendo lounge right now, but I'm not the biggest Metroid fan Fan on this podcast today, nor am I the second biggest. I didn't even play Prime Two or Three, so I'm stoked that this is pretty much confirmed to be coming out. Grimlock, Deadite, how do you feel about all this?
2: I mean, I think uh so this news hit and everybody started tagging me in the Discord or you know, uh adding me on social media and thinking I was gonna have this meltdown. And I my response I think shocked a lot of people where I was kind of thankful. I was kind of just like, Okay, I'm I'm good with this, and I even had uh I even had um, one of our one of our fans and and a good friend, um, the brick and mortar or, uh, Fox McCloud server as we like to call him, um he, he he almost like didn't know how to react to me taking it in a positive, a positive note, and I get where people are upset and I get where he's upset, but for me, this is one of the most important games to come in so long, right? It was the same when Samus returns on the 3ds. How excited I was for that. Um, this is that this is even this is at a higher level. This is Metroid Prime 4. It, it, it's the series that really, I mean, I knew of Metroid and I had played Metroid. but prime, the original prime was something that like like I, loved that game. So two was was fine. Three was, you know, it was at the end of the Wii, so people got sick of the controls, but it was still a good game. And um so here we are moving in that next one. And I didn't like the the I don't know, the lack of information around who was gonna be making this game. And then they were like, well Bandai Namco and this and that. I'm like, okay, but that's just to me that's not who makes Makes the Prime series, and it instantly started making me think of three four three studios and and the lack of success they've had with Halo or or some other other franchises that you know have shifted hands and just never really been what they originally were. And so when this announcement got made, like like Tess said, it was so different than what a lot of developers or publishers do nowadays, where they're like, hey. This game was not. We didn't like it. This was you wouldn't have liked it. We 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 basically threw it away, and we brought the people back that that we should have had day one. And so for me, the way they handled it, the and and the announcement of them bringing retro into it, I'm okay waiting. Now, when you mix in the rumors now that the trilogy prime trilogy is done, and we haven't had any announcement about it. That needs to happen soon, in my you know, in my opinion, is that this is your whole this is your hold me over now. You have that padding, throw this out this year, and people like me, I I won't I won't blink twice. I'll be be pleasantly happy to play through the first three primes, and then worry about prime four in a couple years or whatever whatever it may be. And that's the scary part about it is that we don't know. Like I know they said they're restarting, starting over from the beginning, but that doesn't mean like yes maybe it's all new story. Maybe there's a lot of things going on, but it does not mean like assets, you know, art assets and things like that that were created for this game are not going to be repurposed because Samus is Samus and Samus' ship, you know, like, so to me, as long as it's not like something way off where they tried to change who uh, Samus was and and add, and add in a bunch of weird characters that have never existed before, um, I feel like a lot of the art assets, they might be able to reuse and save time on that development side we won't know until nintendo wants to talk more about it but i'm gonna slide over dead i let's get his input on it
1: there's there's no doubt that for me this is a positive because i i you've heard me say it before so it's not new information i would much rather a studio delay or restart making a game to make it right a delay has never broken my heart. I've never got upset because I don't want to pay $60 and have a pile of garbage on my hands. So if Nintendo, you know, hit the brakes hard on this, that means it wasn't turning out the way they wanted it because I think now more than ever, the Metroid Prime series has a great opportunity to be one of the games that's sold towards a hardcore audience, because that was one of the things with the GameCube. When Metroid Prime came out, it was like, hey, look, we have a shooter, too. It was completely different than everything on the market. It was, you know, this adventure puzzle-based shooter, but it was still a standout game on the GameCube. You know, you you could say that, you know, the, the corruption on the Wii, you know, sort of lost its way with the motion controls, but this allows... Metroid as a series to regain its spot as being Nintendo's marquee shooter. And so if if it comes out and it's fun and it's in if you can get sucked into it if it's engrossing if if you just feel captivated by the world then that's all that's all i want that's all i need because that's what the original metroid prime was able to do so well so it could be something like that it could be the world design it could be mechanics there could be so many things that was wrong with this game that caused nintendo to scrap it and i strongly believe that retro is the right people to continue to make what we like
2: yeah and i know like uh you know, there was issues where uh, Reggie came out and said things recently about how Metroid Prime Four was was very far along and stuff like, and and maybe it was, but you know, people are taking that. People were taking those uh, statements and being like, "Oh wow, we're gonna be, I don't know, six years out from this game now." And it's like, right? But do you want uh Metro Federation Forces two, or do you want the next installment of the Prime series? And and to me, it's like I don't want anything that's a huge disappointment, like Other M, or something. And I and I personally I can play Other M, and I and I had the I had my my things I liked about that game. But again, I don't want something like that after waiting 12 years or whatever it's been uh, since Corruption came out in like what 2007. So I don't want to wait that long to, to, to be given a disappointment. If those were my options, you get a disappointment now, or you wait, even if it is seven years, and you get a real Prime 4 that that is honorable and actually is respectable within the series. So, I don't want to wait seven years. I don't think we're going to. I don't think it's a full development cycle that we're talking here. It is going to be a Switch game, in my opinion, and it's going to be three, four years tops.
1: You know, another game that everyone was upset that got delayed multiple times uh, was Breath of the Wild. And everyone would tell you it was worth the wait now. So I think, you know, we could be looking at a similar thing with Metroid Prime 4. When it comes out, no one will be upset that we waited for it because it's going to be great.
2: Absolutely. All right. Moving on to the next topic here. Topic number two, PUBG starts testing free version to better take on Fortnite. Now, this is uh, coming from Thailand. It's, uh, it's they're calling it PUBG Lite. It'll be just tested in Thailand at the time uh, for now, but it is going to be a free-to-play version of the popular battle royale shooter that you know kind of took off uh, before Fortnite really was on the scene. And now that Fortnite has kind of taken over, PUBG has quietly become that that just battle royale that is. is second, third, fourth place, wherever you want to put it, depending on your, your preference. PUBG, though, thinks they can change their their business model here and go free-to-play, and that they'll actually compete. I think the reason why I brought this up is it's too little too late, and I think PUBG has bigger problems than the fact that you have to pay for their game versus free-to-play. And I know that's a big, that's a big entry door. You know, like if I can just download an app and play it, Versus having to pay 30 bucks, yes, there's a difference there. But it's different when even if you made it free-to-play and your game is still buggy and your game still has all these problems, then, you know, where where does the free version really help you other than, yeah, you get people in and then they're disappointed and then they go back to Fortnite anyways or they go wherever it is they want to go. So I don't know, like... Everybody has is playing with this free-to-play concept. I mean, we've seen it with MMOs, we've seen it obviously with the battle royale scene, and we and we have it all over mobile games. But for this to be a move for them now, after you uh, uh, played this whole, you know, uh, Xbox exclusive, and people paid thirty bucks to get it to get the game, and and, that, and so now you're starting to play this like free version. It, it's interesting because Fortnite's just free right Fortnite Battle Royale is just free there's no there's no free version so whatever PUBG Lite is starts to worry me because you're going to get part of the game and then they're going to microtransaction the hell out of you and and realistically that's that's not a Fortnite competitor because once again I can go into the Fortnite for the f- cost of free and I get the game the only thing I need to buy is is if I want the battle pass or if I want, you know, uh, skins and and pickaxes and stuff like that. So I don't. Again, I think this is kind of silly. If you want to bring your game free to play, you should just bring PUBG free to play, not PUBG Lite. You got anything on this, Deadite?
1: You know, you already said it's too little, too late. They've already lost the momentum they had to Fortnite. Epic owns that market now, and yeah, I think I think. You know, they're trying this out in Thailand. Maybe Thailand's an untapped market. I don't know if there's Fortnite in Thailand. You know what I mean? So like maybe this is an opportunity for them to grab something in the East and and get some momentum there looking outside of the United States. You know, if they if they were to theoretically do something like PUBG Light here in the United States, I, I don't I think I think it's already lost. I think that there's not going to be interest in it. I think for, Fortnite's already the king. I, I can't see a group of friends just deciding, man, we're done with Fortnite. Let's go over to this game that less people are playing and hop in on it like that. Unless you hate the building mechanic, is that possible? Because, okay, Grim, you have played PUBG and Fortnite. Part part of the reason Fortnite never grabbed me is I looked at like all that building and stuff. I was like, this is stupid. I just want to shoot people. Do, do you think that maybe I'd be more interested in PUBG if that was the situation?
2: So I've played PUBG it's where I started I moved to Fortnite because of the building right I was I liked it because it was something different it was something additional where I was tired of people just laying in the grass and waiting thirty minutes to get one kill and try to get a chicken dinner. And then I got to Fortnite and I and I quickly realized that I'm not very good at building and I'm not fast enough. And, you know, people you know, the these the stars that we know, Ninja and, and all these people, uh, were born and everybody started going crazy with the building to the point where it pushed me out of the game and I found myself going over to blackout on Call of Duty. So I didn't go back to PUBG. I went over to something else that was like, "Wow, this is probably what PUBG should have been at the get-go." And to me, it might move people away—people that are looking for that more just realistic shooter that is a battle royale scene. But you also have competitors in that in that area already with Blackout, Call of Duty, you know, with um, uh, several others that are just straight-up shooters, pretty much. The only other thing about PUBG Lite is that it, it does require less specs for uh, PC and stuff, so you technically can run this on a lesser PC. But it only gonna ha- it's only gonna—it's only gonna have one map. It's only—you know—it's only gonna allow certain certain settings. And they—they are testing it. It's a beta in Thailand because they want to uh, use that as a test case to see if they're gonna expand it uh, to other regions. So. I don't know. I mean, they made plenty. PUBG made plenty of uh, money in 2018. They didn't do what Fortnite did, but they still made over a billion dollars off PUBG. So like, I don't want to like say PUBG is dead in the sense of like we're not going to see PUBG in a year. But to think it's never going to catch. Fortnite and and by the time it does catch Fortnite that's because something else will be number 1. I feel like you have a very small window of opportunity to really be the king when it comes to something especially of a genre that that's born like uh, that that was created here recently. Um I don't think you're going to uh see PUBG kind of have this resurgence in in popularity and all of a sudden become king again. But I think it's not a bad idea for them to try. I just don't like the idea of the PUBG Lite versus the standard PUBG. Like th- this is where you're starting to dilute your your brand and confuse people with your brand where again things like Fortnite, I can just download it and if it's on my mobile phone, if it's on my Switch or if it's on my Xbox, and PC, it's the same thing. Right? And and now if I have a battle pass, it's across all of them. So Epic has done it right, and because of it, they, they they took those three extra steps ahead of everybody, and no one's gonna catch them when it comes to that because they're so streamlined and it's so clean and it's so easy to just pick up my phone and then sit that down and go over to my computer and my progression is the same. PUBG doesn't can, just can't you can't compete with that right now. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I just I, I don't like it, and it's like like we all said already, too little, too late. Alright, our Patreon news topic of the week. So every week we post out on Patreon.com slash Media a voting option for you where we put two news topics up and you vote on which one we're going to talk about every week. During the month of uh, January, which this is pretty much it, guys, it was free, so everybody got to vote on it. Uh, moving forward, it will be a Patreon perk, so... Feel free to stop through, look at everything that happened in January, and see all these cool things, and realize why it's a great time to become a patron of the GameZilla Media. But, this week, our winner is EA, well, I don't want to call my winner. The news topic that was picked is EA has reportedly cancelled its story-driven Star Wars game. And I'm going to cough real quick. <coughs> but, this is, uh, this is bad news. Test- Give me a few words on this.
0: I just don't get how there's a major de- a major publisher, major developer, whatever the correct word is for EA, that could be granted the holy grail of of um, of content, of IPs, the holy grail, a fountain of money, like Star Wars. And then just shit all over the place and get it all over themselves. And then they took a Darth Vader helmet and they shit in it and they put it on their head. Like, I don't understand how you get this easy get it money to the point where if we remember with Battle uh, Battlefront, Disney stepped in and said, like, you guys, stop fucking up. You're ruining our brand. How do you do so bad? I probably wasn't going to play this game. Realistically, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I probably, I wasn't going to have a system to play this game. I probably was never going to play this game. But it makes me so mad that EA has such a home run potential and the money to do it and the team to do it, and they just can't get their heads out of their own your and manage this shit better.
2: Yeah, I mean, you said it. It's um, it's it's really, really strange here because Electronic Arts, uh, you know, ha- didn't have the best uh, year last year with uh, Battlefront Two, Star Wars Battlefront Two, and the microtransaction um craze and and the way they got it all wrong and upset everybody to the point where people were going to uh, basically not by the game, and Reddit blew up to the point where it was the most downvoted thing ever on Reddit to the point where you said Disney got involved and said, guys, you can't do this, or we're leaving. And so that, that's, the, um, that's the strange thing here is that how do you have this IP and screw up so bad? And now we'll add to this is that we already knew the big screw up that they had with Battlefront Two. Uh, but this game, which was once de- uh, under development in the now-closed studio of Visceral Games, and has been worked on for years, and most recently under the leadership of Uncharted director Amy Henning. Okay, So not like you didn't have someone at the helm that was like an all-star. But then Henning leaves last June to form her own studio, and that was kind of the first sign of, like, oh, God, what's going on with this game? This was supposed to be an open-world, story-driven Star Wars game. I mean, people were starting to think of Knights of the Old Republic and, think, you know, stuff that had been done that were that was really good within the Star Wars, you know, canon or, or just realm. And, you know, so everyone was very excited, and now it's gone. It's officially canceled. Um EA's not really talking too much about it but there's been speculation about uh, other Star Wars pro- uh, projects and and the the w- what the health of it is. So we still are um, expecting the Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order which is in development by Respawn, uh, a developer that did Titanfall, okay? So that very well could just be a shooter with a Star Wars skin on it that, you know, we won't know till we see more from Respawn. But that's it. Like, that's the only thing that they got working on. How do you, how, I mean, if you're Disney at this point, this, this, this is the way I look at it. EA gets a lot, gets shit out all the time. They're, you know, they're the Comcast of game publishers, blah, 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 whatever. I, I'm not even thinking of EA at this point. They've already shot themselves in the foot enough times. I, I, I've watched it on YouTube too many times. I'm desensitized. But, Disney, this is your IP. You have a game division, okay? You, you have your own game division at Disney, and you have given exclusive rights to Star Wars, to Electronic Arts. When is it that you will open your eyes and be like, oh, you know what? We're going to take this franchise back. We're going to give it to somebody else that can actually make a video game. It's not even the fact of like that you've made bad video games, it's that you can't even get it out. Like you can't even produce the game without canceling it or having some catastrophe where day one of launch, you have to change the game before people rage quit and never buy your game and it's dead on arrival. And so I don't know that it'll happen, because yes, there is a project with Respawn right now, and yes, I, I don't know the exact details of the agreement that was signed by Electronic Arts and Disney, but it seems to me like if Disney wanted to pull this back, they could, and I really think it's timing. I really think they should, because Electronic Arts has not shown them, at all, that they can do something good for your Star Wars video game franchise. And... Th- that's basically it. I mean, I, I don't know what else to say other than Disney needs to pull their head out of their ass and make a move. And I don't know what that move is. I don't know if it's move it to internal and, and actually do it yourselves or or if it's go find, you know, uh, a third-party company that you, that you want to work on your game um, like an insomniac or something like that who just did Spider-Man. Um, you know, but, but there are plenty of options out there for you and... You know, this is uh, it's, it's time to at least look into your options and maybe maybe make a move. Anything else?
1: Yeah, I saw a graphic that showed over, let's say, like an eight year period previous to the Disney acquisition. We saw the release of like six different Star Wars games that people enjoyed playing. Would you look at these games and go, "This is a masterpiece. This is a pinnacle of video gaming." No, but did you see like six video games? that like, man, I remember playing that. That was pretty fun. Where in the same time period, we've only received the two Battlefront games. That's so in the you know in the same six-year period or eight-year period or whatever it is, we have two Battlefront games to show for it, and that kind of sucks. It'd be nice to see that diversity of titles because. We're talking about the old school Battlefront uh, games, which are obviously much different than the current ones. We were we would see things like like the Knights of old, the Old Republic games. We would see things like, um, man, what was the what was the one where you were Star Killer? What was that one called? Uh, Force Force Unleashed. Force Awakens. Yeah, which was you know a cool you know the cool physics engine, a, a fun story. Like I liked that game a lot. You guys hated it. I loved that. No, game. no,
2: I liked it, but it's Force Force Unleashed, not Force, Force Awakens.
1: Ah, uh, Force. Yeah, Force Awakens was a movie. Yeah, yeah. Force Unleashed was the game, but yeah, okay. Yo, I really so, liked
2: that game. I, that that game was great. I was hoping they'd make that character more of the kin.
1: And they they axed him out. Yeah, that guy even was in Soul one of the Soul Calamity games. Was, he was, he uh, was. So so yeah, I would rather have a large handful of fun, but maybe just better than mediocre games than the two disappointing games we've had while they're trying to strive for masterpieces. I. It, it's definitely disappointing and yeah, why like why are these games getting canceled why why are things like this happening is it bad management is it not putting the appropriate people in charge are we seeing similar enough things to you know like nintendo just had you know we just talked about how they had to bring prime back and give it back to retro studios for for them to make is it like a similar thing where these properties are being mismanaged on a developmental level and
2: i don't know yeah, I feel like this is the opposite of uh, of Metroid Prime Four, right? Is that we're not getting really any answers from EA as to why this decision was made. Uh, if you lost your director, if it started in one developer and you closed that developer down and and it moved it to another developer of within your house, like those are all moves that were your call. Minus maybe Amy leaving, like that. You know that that's not her, but um, but. I mean, why? Right? Come out, come out, and be a little bit transparent, and maybe this doesn't look as bad. But right now, it just looks bad. Right now, it just looks like you gave up. You know, and it's hard to me to understand how you worked on it for years and and just trash it when it was supposed to be something. You know, you had talked so highly about it, and I I'm not saying like there's been plenty of games that we've watched development for years and then they died. Right? They never like that's it's not abnormal in the gaming industry to put years into a project and it never see the light of day. But when it's a star Wars game and when it's, it's been toted around your, your uh, company and, at all these conventions and talked so highly about, and you put in these Hollywood level directors and people working on it, there's some flags, there's some question marks and unfortunately we have no answers. So anyways, Electronic Arts disappointing their fans once again for what, however many fans they actually still have. I feel like people that buy EA games, like myself, I'll buy like a BioWare game because I like BioWare. I don't ever buy a game because the word EA's on it. I'm instantly concerned because the word EA's on it. So it's hard for me to sit there and say that there's actually someone out there that's an Electronic Arts fan. Like I feel like they're almost like forced. Like I don't but like Walmart. I don't like Walmart but I will go shop at Walmart sometimes, you know, like, but I still don't like Walmart. I'm just kind of, kind of don't have a ton of options for like certain things. You shop there
1: begrudgingly,
2: begrudgingly. And I feel like that's what electronic arts has become. It's like, I don't really think there's that fan base. I I, I mean, except for like your Madden fans, because that's just electronic arts or EA sports or whatever you want to call them. But like, I feel like people that buy like Mass Effect or Dragon Age or upcoming anthem, they're fans of Bioware. Would they be happier if Bioware was their own company or 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 owned by somebody else? A hundred percent is basically where I'm at with that.
1: But there there has to be people that are fans of like Electronic Arts as a publisher because they have
2: that subscription service, right?
1: Don't they have that like
2: yeah? But maybe EA those people
1: you can sign up for and pay for. Yeah,
2: maybe those people were like fans back in like 1993, and they just don't they just don't read news. And so in, they, in so they're like, yeah, EA's great still. Because like, the, can you
1: outside I, of Blizzard, can you think of like a big publisher that people are like? I'm a fan of that. Well, well Activision is technically the publisher, right? Does Blizzard
2: self-publish? Activision would be your publisher, yeah. For so, so yeah,
1: so yeah Blizzard's still just a developer. Can you think of a publisher that people are like? I love that publisher. No one loves 2K. No one loves EA. No one loves Activision. The publisher's the bad guy.
2: Well, I know what Tess's gonna say. They're not what about Nintendo? Ter- Dirt. Dirt. <laughs> 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 Nintendo is the is always the one, right? They're always the one that that uh, managed to pull it off. Because you're right. I mean, you think of a pu- like the first of all publishers. Like to me, it's it, like they don't get. What they're just like the label, right? Like you're a big music guy, Deadite. Like you had, like you have the the creators of the music, and then you have the evil label companies, right? That that eat up all the money and and have made it a, a just cesspool of corruption, and to the point where some of your artists are like, cool, I I'm, I'm not gonna run a label anymore. I'm just gonna give my music away for free, and if you want to donate money to me, that will help. And like so. There, that's the same thing with publishers to me. Is like EA's known where it's like, oh, you had this game, it had a lot of promise, and then you squeezed a bunch of tra- microtransactions into it, and you ruined. The- it was your fault that you ruined the game. Activision ruined Destiny too, not Bungie. And allegedly, allegedly, and that <laughs> but that it's that same thing. I can't pick a, a publisher because honestly, at this point, there's been so much negative. There's been so much negative uh, news around, around uh, publishers like EA, Activision. Them is that I can't think of a positive thing that a publisher has done. I think of developers for creating amazing things and stories and and, um, and everything. But yeah, when it comes to a publisher, I don't have anything good to say about anybody off the top of my head other than Nintendo, Sony.
1: Sony publish, does some self-publishing, you know for some of their big titles That's true. You're, right. General, you're right you're right you don't feel bad about a Sony game and you would say the same thing about a lot of first party Microsoft stuff you know if you're than the other ones but still you, you at least trust Phil and you, you I do know. trust Phil,
2: you're right you're right. I do trust Phil. I, I love my boy Phil. All right well, Let's slide it out. Let's slide out of the Patreon topic and into our last topic, which is still EA related, and it does involve BioWare, and that is last weekend we had the Anthem VIP demo hit, and that was the big, uh, you know, the big thing over the weekend that tore me away from my VR headset, and I I spent the whole weekend really diving into this because it is a highly anticipated game for me, and it's getting a lot of hate because of the EA tag on it. Um, but it's BioWare, and I have a lot of love for this company. And so uh, right out the gate, let's talk about the problems, right? People had major issues out the gate on Friday, logging in uh, where they couldn't get into the game. Then they had uh, what they were calling infinity loads. So you would, uh, you'd you get into the city, you'd walk around, you'd try to go to do your first mission, and you'd have an infinity load where it would just load the entire time, and you would have uh, you know no... Um, it would never get to the game. It would just lock up and you were screwed. So with that, um, there was also entitlement issues where based off of certain entitlements that you had in your game, you uh, couldn't log in. Your, um, your VIP account with uh, EA Access or Origin, depending on how you signed up for this VIP demo, um, had certain tags in it that were just corrupted and wouldn't let you access the game. All those things were really bad on Friday. By Saturday, most of it was figured out except for the infinity load that went out through the whole weekend where just occasionally you'd load in and it wouldn't load. You just would have to back out of the game, go back in, and there you were. So beyond that, I want to talk about the game and And so I got in. i I got to play plenty of this game. I completed all of the missions. I hit my max level of fifteen. I free roamed and found three extra dungeons that weren't even that weren't even on the map uh, where I was able to run through and and explore more. And I can say that this game I am very, very excited for. It feels like Bioware. It feels like destiny in in very positive ways. It you know it definitely has that that feel of a story that I'm really interested in, and the mechanics you know even with some of the rubber banding and, and the issues they had over the weekend, they feel really fun and and the gr- you know it's a shooter grinding you know RPG whatever hybrid that you want to call it whatever you want to call it, and so the idea is you're going to spend a lot of time in in this game you're going to spend a lot of time grinding getting uh, parts to craft, getting different pieces for your armor, your, your javelin, as they call it. And so if that's not your style, if you're not a Destiny 2 fan or a Destiny 1 fan or a Division fan, those are all the same thing. They're grinding shooters. So if you're not a fan of that, you're not going to be a fan of this game. Let's, let's just get that out of the way. okay? But if you are, this game has a Bioware feel when it comes to the story. So when you go to the city... You're by yourself it's not it's not like destiny where you, you log back in and there's four of you and you're just running around the city and it's just and there's nothing really going on here everything is based off of the characters that they built and so when you go into the city you actually leave your friends you're still in a group but you leave your friends and you go explore and you interact with these characters and they start to build the world around you and that's very bioware-esque and so i really appreciated that um But I also, it did kind of feel where it was like, uh, two different games, right? You're in the city and you're first person and you couldn't run and you just were walking around talking to these people and then you jump in your mech and all of a sudden you're third person and you had like, it just kind of felt like jarring a little bit and I got used to it, but there were a few things where I wish you could you know run in the city and, um, it's weird that it's first person versus third, where the rest of the games in third person. Uh, and you can't even see your arms. You know, like, usually in a first person game, you can kind of see your hands or the gun you're holding mm-hmm. or whatever. It's literally just a screen that you're moving around, kind of like, you know, the old mist games. And so... <laughs> yeah, right, you know? And so, I'm not saying I had the perfect experience, but, like, those were some of my takeaways where I was like, okay. But this is also... And this is where I want to clarify, because there's been a lot of hate on on the internet for this. This was an old build. This was not, it's not a current build. And BioWare maybe didn't do a good job by calling it a VIP demo when it really probably should have been called a beta. Uh, But, you know, it is a pretty standard action for them to take an old build to to make their beta tests off of. So we will see changes. Like there is something called the Social Hub that has already been announced. Because of the feedback from the fans, that is a new option where when you finish a mission, you can actually go to a city or to like a, a, a room where all of you and your friends are hanging out there and you can see each other's mechs and stuff and you can still grab more contracts, aka missions, or uh, you could adjust you could adjust your, your javelin in, in the forge, as they call it, and, and change its color or change out some of its uh, components. But that wasn't in the demo. And so... You know, people were like, "I have to go here and to adjust this, and then I have to jump over here." And it's just, and and again, that's not the final version that we're probably going to see February twenty second. When it's all said and done, though, the game was fun, and I played solo. I played with four of my you know four people, three of my friends. I played with randos. The rando thing was tough because you'd get into some of these puzzle zones. And people, you know, if you're not talking, if you're not in some sort of public chat, then people are all trying to do their own thing and it's just a it's just a chaotic, you know, mess. But when I played with three other friends, it gave me the feel of the original Destiny after the taken king. Right. When at its peak. When Destiny was at its peak in my opinion. When I was running raids with my friends, and we were just we would spend hours and hours just trying to get to that next room in the raid or whatever, and we were having fun doing it. That's what it reminded me of, and that's why I'm excited about this game. Um, you know, yes, there was problems. It's a be- it was a demo. It was a beta. Like, um, Bioware came out and said they weren't that it wasn't a server capacity issue. That and they were pretty transparent. Again, I like companies that come out and say, "Turns out." We didn't plan for all the different people that were going to sign on coming from different ISPs, and we started having some weird disconnects that we weren't expecting. That was one of the major issues. you know. And then they came out and said the Infinity load screen is a bug, and it probably will not be fixed during this demo. We apologize, but we are aware of it, and we're going to work on it. So like they that was like Friday was the demo start and Friday was when they were the, the when the actual director released these statements so they were definitely on top of it but that didn't stop the people from going oh yep EA EA this game's dead like people being like I'm canceling my, canceling my pre-order cancel my pre-order this game this game's a mess and it was just like okay we need to calm down here bump the brakes because you know it's a, it, I think the big problem they had was anybody that pre-ordered the game got the demo and then each person that pre-ordered also got uh three invites for friends but then the one of the bugs they dealt with and and you know jazzy fiddle is is uh i watched it happen with jazzy fiddle is that i never gave my codes out but saturday morning i played friday night and and jazzy was like no i'm gonna go play this other game i'm like okay cool and so all night we talked via, over the chat, but he so he was hearing me talk about this game. He goes, damn it, you're going to make me download this game. So he goes out, and he just downloads the demo. And he's playing it when I wake up on Saturday with no code, no pre-order, no anything. And this, is the pro- this was the problem, is that they were, compla- they were like, we weren't prepared for the player spike, as they called it. The players spike in, in, in when the demo launched. And I think part of it is if when they go back and they look at it, I think a bunch of people got access to this demo that probably didn't have the credentials to actually play the demo. I don't know. That's just, it's just an opinion of mine. But I watched it happen with my friend. And it was great because I didn't have to give a code out. I was able to use, you know, give the code to other people. But th- that was uh, slightly concerning. Um, but yeah, I don't want to spend a ton of more time on it. I think if uh, this weekend's coming up, okay, so February 1st through the 3rd, uh, you will be able to play Anthem. It's an open demo. So uh, go right now, search for Anthem Demo on your PS4, your Xbox, or your PC, and you can download the demo. It's like 44 gig uh, gigabytes, so get the download done now before everyone's trying to log in. Avoid yourself one headache that way. Um, but it'll be an open demo and they said that there are going to be some newer some new things in that demo that were that weren't even in last week's demo so give it a try here's your chance to see what you think and uh and you know that that way you can form your own opinion I don't I really tell people be careful on the internet right now because people are hating on this game with little to no information. I mean, there's people that are like, yep, I tried to log in three times, I gave up, this game's stupid. And it was like, you didn't even play the game! Like, you really, like, come on! Like, you tried three times when they were publicly telling you there was a problem. You know? Saturday and Sunday, we played flawlessly, besides again, occasionally having that that load issue, which all we had to do was kill the game, reload it, and even when we reload it, it goes, hey, you're already in a mission, do you want to continue it? Yes. And it would just boot me right back into my group, like it should. So, Honestly, I was pretty impressed with them dealing with this major issue that was affecting everyone that was trying to play this game. Uh, Tess, what do you got for me?
0: What system will you be playing the demo on Saturday and Sunday?
2: (laughs) So uh, I put a lot of time into it last weekend because this coming weekend I will be in Chicago taking uh, taking my wife out for just a weekend. I will be home Sunday, so if, if as long as I get home at a decent time, I would imagine I'd be playing it Sunday uh, on Xbox or PC. Those would be my two the two that I currently have the demo downloaded on because I played the demo on both of those last weekend.
0: So maybe I'll see you on Xbox this weekend.
2: I, I would I'd like that yeah. I, maybe you get a couple days in, and you you get your uh, feel for it, and then Sunday we can uh, we can run some some missions
0: because that's more exciting than anything else going on on Sunday.
2: Right. Yeah. No one cares about the Super Bowl.
0: Are you getting pizza? We legally on your way back can't home say the name Chicago. of that
2: game. <laughs> uh hundred. Am I getting pizza? That's a good question. I got to see what my options are there because I'm taking the train, so it's not like hey, train, can you stop at St. Joseph for me?
0: I'm gonna let you know that you can get about 15 minutes away from the beach at a stop. I'm just putting that out yeah, there.
2: Yeah. Okay. All right. Great. Uh, did I? You got any uh, anything you want to put in on, on this uh, topic? I know you didn't get a chance to play the demo, but I know you've yeah, been I got, following I got the game.
1: Questions. I got questions for you. So so grim. One of the things that cause destiny to sort of fizzle out with me is I, I I was able to play the one player campaign. I didn't think it was anything that special. It just felt like a lot more of the same, but then, you know, I, I was left behind when it was time to play multiplayer. Everyone was 40 levels ahead of me and I I, I, I never got to hang from when you said you played it by yourself. Was it still a fun thing to do by yourself? Cause my concern is like, I'm going to get in this dungeon and, not have any friends because I'm playing when no one else is on and then just get stuck and frustrated with the game.
2: So the big thing about, um and, and we still kind of have more to see if it's true or not, but the big thing that BioWare has come out and said is that this game can be played solo and you can enjoy it like you would enjoy another, any other BioWare game solo. Um, I will say that I played it solo and had fun. And, but, but when I did get to run it with four people, we each had a different javelin and we were comboing and and that was a cool thing. It was like, you know, uh, Jazzy would come in freeze a character. I'd run in and do my melee attacks and I would, I would get combo extra damage because we were comboing moves together. And I thought, mom, this is really neat. It kind of, you know, reminded me of like, uh, ultimate alliance in a way where you could, you could have certain characters that would, that would work together better. And so... Um, I I personally liked it better in the multiplayer form with friends. I hated it with randos, but uh, the solo was still playable. I still went through missions completely on my own and, and found enjoyment out of it because the little bit of the story that they gave us was far superior to anything I've ever gotten out of Destiny. And some people may hate on that because we've been given so much content from Destiny, but I personally just the just the 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 one mission which re- revolves around one character and basically trying to save this character was better than and, and this Bioware this is what I expect it was better than anything I've ever gotten out of Destiny. So cool. Yeah, I think when you actually get the main story arc and you start to meet these characters and you start to get these sub these sideline uh, missions from them. I think solo player could be very fun because you're just going to be going out and working on that, not necessarily worrying about the uh, open world aspect of it. I think that's the cool thing is you can make it linear or you can enjoy the open world aspect of it. Open world, it's definitely a multiplayer game, but when you make it a linear game, then yeah, you can enjoy it solo.
1: It's interesting because most people tell you the best way to play Borderlands is with a group, but I played that entire game, Borderlands 2, I played the entire game by myself because uh, it was right when everyone else was already moving to PS4. So I was like, oh, look, I'll try this Borderlands game out, you know. So uh, I think there's an opportunity for me to enjoy the game, and I'm going to see how the mechanics are this weekend because I don't think I, I, like, I've never actually played a Bioware game. I own Knights of the Re- Old Republic. It was given to me a couple of years ago, as a gift, and I've just never played it. Uh, the uh, what are those uh, space games that Jade likes? Uh, are called what are those called? Space games. Yeah, you know mm. Mass Effect. Oh, yeah, Mass Effect. Mass Effect. I, suggest, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, never, I never played any of those. Well, the big uh, so yeah. So the... I don't have I don't have any like base reference point other than. You know people's high opinions of Bioware games. so i'm I'm interested to play this beta this weekend. And I don't recall a time where going into a beta, I go, well, this is this I could be the person that gets swayed one way or another by actually getting my hands on it. Normally, when I'm playing a beta for a game, it's something I already know I'm probably gonna buy. So uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend and and hopefully it will it'll nudge me one way or the other
2: yeah, and I think you actually do have an experience that you can compare to as much as we just dogged this game mechanically, It's a good game. And that would be Battlefront two, um or or just Star Wars Battlefront because it ran on the Frostbite engine, which is what this game is built on. So if you are familiar with that third person view of the Star Wars games and how and how it felt, this kind of feels that same way. Um so you, you with that being said, I really kind of got into the, the again, the mission. Once you're in your mech and you're in that third-person view, it felt good. Flying around like Iron Man felt good. Um, people complaining about shortcomings like, oh, well, you overheat too fast. You can barely fly. Right, but I crafted a couple components that I put on my mech That allowed my overheat to cool down faster. And I was able to fly farther. So the cool thing too is like you're not. Unlike Destiny where it's like. I'm grinding for this gun. And this gun does this thing. Instead here I can go get. Six different shotguns that all have different uh, effects to my javelin suit. I can get different inserts where my grenade all of a sudden turns into poison darts or acid clouds and things like that. So it allows you to adjust and manipulate your javelins enough where, again, depending on what the mission is you're going to do and who you're playing with and what type of combinations you, you can make between each other, it gives you a lot of cool options that, again, I haven't had... Uh, a game like that in a long time, maybe back to Borderlands, where you would think about you, you, it was a, it was a loot grabbing game, right? You would get these drops, and it's like, yeah, I have i've I've picked up a thousand different assault rifles, but this particular assault rifle is different than the than the last nine hundred and ninety nine of them. And that was the cool thing about Borderlands was the randomly generated weapons. Um, it, it, it definitely has that customization feel. Uh, Of a game like that or back again when you look at Destiny 1 when you had the random rolls, you know Yeah, you'd collect ten of the same gun because each gun would act a little bit different and that's why I think it feels really good. It gets addicting where you're like, ooh, I want to go out and try to try to get some of these parts so I can create this component because if I add this component to my javelin suit, it's going to do A, B, and C, and then I'm going to go into the boss and be able to do a ton of damage or slow the boss or freeze the boss or light him on fire or whatever it is. And so I had a lot of fun with it. I think this is going to be a game that, um, that I, when you play it this weekend, I think uh, you might actually end up really liking it.
1: That I might, so cool. I don't know. I'm excited for the demo. All
2: right, and once again, the demo is this weekend, February 1st through the 3rd. It is an open demo, so you can download. You just have to search for uh, Anthem Demo, and you can download the 44-gig file. Get ready, because that way, February 1st, you can just launch it and log in. And uh, you know, keep an eye out for people like Deadite Eight Night, Deadite the Night, Yeah, Deadite Knight. There we go. Uh, Grimlock of the Dino, and uh, we'll be playing on the uh, PS4 for Deadite, the Xbox or PC for myself. And uh, you know, maybe 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 Testonomics will be ready to go by then. We'll see. We'll see how quick he he pulls the trigger out of Xbox. So, Uh, anyways. That's been the news for these topics and much more. You want to visit gameslittlemedia.com where we have our blog. We have our YouTube channel. We have all sorts of content going on on the website where you can get your gaming news, gaming entertainment, or just you know waste some time and and watch stupid people doing stupid things all on the website. Um, Let's see here. I'm, I'm the button guy. I keep forgetting here. So I need to get ready for this.
0: The FBI has just sent a letter to
2: GameZilla
0: informing them that they have discovered new emails.
2: Downloading emails from GameZillaMedia.com Download complete. Now the big question comes in. Was Deadite ready for emails? I'm going to go with no. Dead <laughs> Deadite?
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, I'm here. I couldn't hear anything. Every time we've played a sound effect, it's caused me to not be able to hear anything. Even when you adjust the fader, it takes a little bit for, for our recording software to catch up with me.
2: All right. Well, so, was that emails? Are we doing emails? We're doing emails.
1: Yeah, emails. OK, I can bring the hype now that I know what's going on. We have a handful of emails, uh, some fresh this week, some that we've kept on reserve. And we're gonna go through these. We're gonna have fun with them. And if you wanna get your emails read and questions answered here on the Games of the Podcast, send an email to info at com, And that's how you have a shot at having your questions read here. All right. First is our boy Ecto from the Movie Blast Podcast. Grim, what was your favorite part of the weekend? Playing Anthem with Ecto or playing Sea of
2: Thieves with Ecto? <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. I I um they're both really good. I would probably say "See of Thieves" because Ecto um, wanted to complain a bunch about about Anthem he, and, and basically was was uh, was a crybaby when it came to Anthem. I'm just kidding. He had problems with Anthem, and uh, so but "See of Thieves" was a lot of fun this weekend. We we got back into it, and I didn't get to talk about it today, but. We haven't played Sea of Thieves in so long that there's so much new stuff that they've added to that game that we were just having fun spending endless like all day. I think I think uh, it was Ecto, myself, Jazzy. We streamed it all night or all day and uh, had a had a ton of fun. Got attacked by a megalodon. You would really appreciate that, uh, Deadite. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I
1: still I still think about buying an Xbox to play this game.
2: Yeah, I have video of it, too. That's the best part. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clip it. I downloaded it that night where the Megalodon attacked the boat and, <sighs> and I flew off the boat. So I had this perfect view of it coming back and, and attacking the other two. Anyways, it, it was a good time. I'd have to say Sea of was was a blast because only because when we were playing with Ecto on Anthem, we, we were having some of the issues, and it took away a little bit of the fun.
1: Bonus question. Ecto also bought Mortal Kombat XL. Can Deadite teach Ecto how to play? So I think there's a little confusion. <laughs> Ecto sent me Snapchats of him purchase, uh, saying he was getting Mortal Kombat, and then he said he was buying it on Xbox, but a later screenshot he sent me looked like the PlayStation Store, so I think he was just swerving me. So, Ecto, if you did buy Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation, I will link up and play with you. Maybe we'll get our boy backs in a room and we'll uh, we'll all just start training and getting ready for Mortal Kombat Eleven because you know Mortal Kombat's my game. There's also a postscript message: Test. Ecto hasn't bought Starlink yet. Your friend, Ecto.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's good because I told him don't buy it physical, wait for the Digital Deluxe to go on sale. He's obviously doing that. I've got no issues.
1: All right, moving on to our next email. It's from our boy BMC. With DLC, in particular, episodic DLC becoming more popular to keep players coming back to single-player games, has there been a game that has enticed you to buy the complete DLC? Assassin's Creed Odyssey has got... Has got me playing well after the main credits have rolled. Game on, BMC.
2: Uh, I mean, for me, I didn't have to buy it though, because I because it came with with the purchase or with the gift from from you guys was. Um, but I would have bought it if if I hadn't had it, and that's Spider Man. The uh, DLC Season Pass, which um, gave us three different DLCs, one each month uh, for 2018, uh, when, uh, October, November, December. and then now we're moving into 2019, and they're already releasing more stuff for the game. But yeah, I, I would say that definitely was the game this re- recently that had me uh, want to uh, want the season pass.
0: I think mine goes back, uh, I mean, back to the launch of the Switch, right? So Breath of the Wild advertised that there was going to be a season pass, and all we knew was, A, it was only $20, B, that it would have three phases, with the last one being story content, and, I mean, what we got for $20 from Breath of the Wild compared to what you're getting for 30 plus from some of these other games, it made it seem like a no-brainer, so, um, and you know, a ton of different in-game equipment, um, a whole story mode, a, a gauntlet mode, a harder difficulty, which arguably should not be DLC, but that I, I digress. Um, and then because of that, you know, I found myself booting up the Switch to play the uh, the, the um, Trial of the Sword at the first content. And, you know, I beat it and then played another five, six, seven hours. And, you know, then it was done. Then when the uh, Guard the Champions Ballad came out, you know, it took me whatever, 10 hours to beat that. And then, five six seven hours of just doing nothing and then i was done so it's it was one of those things that got me back in the game and then i never let go and at the very attractive price of twenty dollars it's hard to pass up
1: i don't recall ever buying a complete continuing to buy episodic dlc expansions because you know when you the community gave me my playstation with Destiny, it already came with all the way up to Taken King. So, all I had to buy was Rise of Iron, Uh, all the Borderland DLC I got in the handsome collection. So, I don't think there's been a time where I've ever continued to buy $20, $30 installments into a game. It's just, it's something that financially I I just don't do. I just, I don't get hooked in. A lot of times, I won't even buy games that I know are going to be real DLC heavy. Um, So, Yeah, that's uh, that's that for me. All right. Next question is coming from our boy Blue Falcon. Do you guys see a Switch or future handheld gaming device with an LTE slash 5G chip allowing you uh, to do truly mobile gaming? Blue Falcon.
2: Um. I mean, yeah, I think 5G, it's going to start with cell phones, right? So, I mean, mobile phones and and your gaming platforms of like Fortnite and stuff like that are definitely uh, going to find this new network. The the problem that comes down with every time we've gotten a new network, 4G, 3G, whatever, every time is that it's so spotty, it's so inconsistent that you, um, you know, it's just, I don't, I don't know Yeah. as far as would a Switch build it in. I think I think the Vita has proven to us that having two models, one with 3G in it and one with not, was a dumb idea for Sony. So I think now it's kind of that you're in that boat now of like, I want a phone that has 5G that can be a broadband card that I can just tie my Switch to or tie my device to and get my internet access that way. But um, Yeah.
0: I I don't see it happening, honestly. I think as uh, mobile service providers start to wrangle in some plans and kind of really fine-tune what it would be to offer a a streaming, portable gaming system, I I think that by the time that happens, Wi-Fi is going to be even more available now or even more available then than it is now. Is it going to help you when you're on the road? maybe not as much as a as a built in network card, but with cars coming stock with four G radios in them right now. You know, I, I just don't see I, I think the answer to internet everywhere is going to be the expansion of available internet, not the amount of devices that produce their own signal.
2: No, that's that's actually a really good point. We just came back from Pac South and San Antonio as a city had Wi Fi as a city. It was wild. Anywhere you went, you could connect to a to a free public Wi-Fi that was basically just San Antonio Wi-Fi.
1: All right. Next question is coming in from our boy, the brutish one. What up, fellas? I have a quick question. I've noticed the last four or five shows that you guys released. Uh, you guys released the floodgates when it came to the profanity. What happened to GameZilla being a family-friendly show, in quotations, for the children? To quote the Deadite, that's me, because is for the children, just like Wu-Tang Clan is for the children. But back to the question. Did you guys decide uh, to take a page out of my book and say, F the children? Oh. <laughs> if so, congrats. I'm glad I helped usher, in, ha- usher you guys into a more profane light. If that's the case, what happened?
2: I mean... shit. <laughs> I mean basically you you know you nailed it we we were we were a dirty show we were an uncensored show and we tried to clean it up for the uh purpose of whatever being mainstream or trying to trying to grow our exposure in different avenues and we decided that, that wasn't uh you know that wasn't our goal. That wasn't that wasn't really something we wanted to worry about. We wanted to be a show that expressed ourselves the way we want to express ourselves. And if something pisses us off and EA does something dumb, then I wanna be able to use the words I wanna to use to express that. So um I don't think you know. It, it was something that we tried, and it was very difficult. And I think we noticed that it was taking away from the personalities of our of us. It was taking away from the show overall, and it was it was uh, it was limiting us. And um, we just decided that screw it, we don't want to do that anymore. We we I think it was a good practice, though. It was a good thing that we tried it, because now though, yes, we will use some words uh, that we weren't using. I don't think we use them as much. I think we've we've kind of found that middle ground in a way uh, because of because we tried this experiment, and so overall, I think it, just, it made everything better.
1: I'm a strong believer that profanity can be used for effect, uh, sort of as an accent, sort of as a as a hard note to to drive home a point. You know, I, 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 there were times in the past that our Podcast would have been a little bit more profanity-ridden tirades. That I I think, I think it's good that we have, like Grim said, found a little bit more the middle ground where you don't feel like, oh, I said a swear word. I'm gonna Ethan's gonna have to go edit that. Like, you know, we're not doing that anymore. But at the same time, uh, you know, we we don't want the show to be raunchy as in the past. There were times it was pretty raunchy. Yeah, exactly. I,
0: I agree with shithead, dead eyed, and bitch ass Grimlock.
1: Yep, there you go. Nice. So moving on to our final question of the day, and it's from our boy Sean Flack, and he has what we like to refer to as a sci-fi AJ style of question, as it contains multiple questions. Uh, First off, any fun and exciting things we should look for from GameZilla Media this year? Yes. (laughs) Any examples that either of you feel like sharing with with Sean? Tease. give him a, give him a little something better than a yes
2: uh i you know there's a lot uh because of how we did with our charity event and just local local exposure we are trying to um expand that and do more events uh obviously there's conventions that you can get excited about as far as pax east and we just finished pax south and then you know um new seasons for for things like noobs and dragons and stuff like that that we'll have um, up you know we'll be we'll be upgrading the show we'll be we'll be figuring out how we can take the production value up another level and uh, you know and other things that uh, uh, enhancements across our streaming across our youtube channel and and really just uh, bringing you more content
0: yeah I'd like to just in, in the realm of streaming maybe think of potential different ways that games of the media might bring you live content outside of uh, you know my head in the corner with a video game in the background like what else could be new and exciting live interactive content um, from different members of the team so a big TBD on that bitch, Sean Flack, but that's just an idea. <laughs>
1: Uh, I I'm currently working on getting a capture card. I bought off Testa up and working. Cause I'd like to uh, produce some sort of gaming videos in my free time. Just, uh, you know, might just be me playing some of the trash games I have and maybe putting it on our Patreon channel and, uh, and doing some stuff with it. So that's just something that, that I've been interested in, in doing a little bit. So that's something that hopefully you'll see uh, from me in 2019. And we know the rest of the games of the team has a lot of cool stuff. They're working on as well. Next question and this you can answer with a one-word response, Grim. Uh, is Grim interested in doing Season 2 of Noobs and Dragons?
2: <laughs> uh, yes, I am. I am. Cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Being that you already touched on that one. I
2: guess, I guess I'll, give, I'll break into it just a little bit more. Is I don't know what my role will be in Season 2. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, things going on with Season 2, so I could be a character or I could be more behind the scenes in a production value. Um, you know, t- We'll know more soon.
1: The next one is a test and dead eye question. Who, uh, who's the WWE superstar to watch nowadays and why?
0: Ooh, the WWE superstar nowadays to keep your eye on. I'm going to go with, It's a female superstar by the name of Becky Lynch. She goes by the man, and she has, in the last couple months, reignited the women's division in uh, WWE, which then has, I mean, just like everything else that happens big in WWE, will spiral out to other divisions as well. So Becky Lynch will be in the main event of WrestleMania. You can hear a lot about Becky Lynch, uh, specifically if you go listen back to the most recent couple episodes of the Dungeon of Doom, because she has been featured prevalently in her matches. Um, And that's over at patreon.com slash gamesillamedia. But Becky Lynch is my go-to person.
1: I'm going to hit you with three real quick. Uh, the first is the guy who is being cemented as the face of WWE, Seth Rollins. He's awesome at pretty much everything. Super fun to watch. So if you want to get honed into wrestling, because I, I don't know what your level of fandom is, he's a great guy to, to learn a little bit about. Uh, the next one is a newcomer to the main roster, Andrade. Uh, I think there's big things in store for that guy. He's super talented, and he wrestles the Mexican Lucha Libre style. Uh, the The dude has a lot of potential to be a big star. And of a guy to watch in the future is probably my favorite guy signed to a WWE contract is Adam Cole, who's tearing up the uh, the WWE NXT developmental system. So there's, what there's... What's his name Daddy? Adam, go, baby. So that's our quick wrestling uh, spot here on the GamesO podcast. Thanks to Sean. And last is a video game related question What is the best new indie game on the Switch marketplace?
2: Ooh, the best. New I've got, indie got your answer.
0: As, as long as you listen to this on Friday or later, the answer is Wargroove by Chucklefish? Yep. Is that. Is that the name of the studio? War Groove. It's an advanced war games, advanced wars games on super steroids. Um, you know, real time strategy, cross play, day one between Xbox, PC, and the Nintendo Switch. Um, build your own maps, build your own story, build your own cutscenes. Like this game's gonna go deep. It's twenty dollars. It's available for pre-load now. I will be playing the shit out of
1: this.
2: That's a really good answer. I will uh, second Wargrove.
1: And I am going to come in with... Oh, what was it? I was just looking at something that's getting released. I mean, I'm actually blanking, so I'm just going to default to what I'm playing right now and that's Hollow Knight. So it's not that new. It's been out for, I don't know, four or five months now, but it's still a, a solid indie title. Cool. And that's uh, that's emails. So, Sean, thanks for sending an email. Remi- reminder to everyone, if you want your emails answered go ahead and send in uh, a question to info at games we'll do our best to try and get them read here on the show
2: all right well uh, i don't have a uh, muster bus this week so let's just kind of get into reminding everybody all the other great shows on this network that do you want to tell people uh what they what they can listen to if maybe they're not into current gaming
1: If you want to listen to Retro Gaming, the show for you is The Legend of Retro Podcast, of which they will have the greatest guest they've ever had on their show this coming Thursday as I torture the team with my bad game of choice. When I beat Craig WK in a game of smash while he was blindfolded. So I subjected them to my torture. (laughs) You're going to have a great time with the legend of retro this week. And I'm not going to tell you what the game is. I'll leave that up to them. I don't want to spoil it, but I picked a bad game for everyone to play, but they cover retro gaming. They, uh they, you know, grab one to be their main feature game of the of the week, and then they also do a retro relapse where they do a quick play of something just to kind of get a flavor for it and talk about it. So it's a great trip down memory lane. That is the Legend of Retro podcast at GamesilaMedia dot com.
2: Yeah, and I think I talked a little bit about Noobs and Dragons. That is our tabletop Dungeons and Dragons adventure game that uh, you can catch every week as well on GameZilla Media. And then we don't just cover games; we also cover all all sorts of uh, of other pop culture. If it's movies that you're into, we have podcasts like the movie blast podcast and the last action podcast. And then of course our newest podcast. We're not going to talk about it though. I'm just kidding. It's about the Simpsons Noiseland arcade, and they're going through every single episode of the Simpsons in chronological order. So if you are a huge Simpsons fan and you want to get a unique view of on um, the world of The Simpsons and the world around um, during The Simpsons run, then uh, you know th- this is definitely a show that you should check out. All right, uh, we want to remind everybody: this podcast has been brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. Please visit patreoncom slash today. To see everything that we have to offer, uh, you have a couple days left right now where perks are free, um, and you can see everything that's happened in January for, and, and get an idea of what a normal patron gets every month. So, patreoncom slash Become a patron today. Uh, I don't have anything else, guys. So if I get a thumbs up from you, since we're doing this recording uh, remotely, I got. Yep, there we go. Then I'm just going to simply say. Thanks for joining episode 244. We'll see you next week. Remember, we are your elite free DLC for all your gaming news. And until next time, game, game on. on. Almost in sequence there. Good job, guys. Whoopsie.